it's okay to have an obsession. I dive into my craziest, imaginative and plain stupid obsessions. Mentally Obsessed is a podcast in which people can share and relate to obsessions anytime, anywhere. Obsessing over a game? I'll talk about it. Obsessed with World of Warcraft? Yeah, me too. Whenever the opportunity arises, I also interview celebrities or people of interest. So, what are you waiting for? Let your obsession reign free. And if you like what you hear, consider following and sharing with friends. Come nerd out with us too on Twitter at Mentally Obsess. I'm joined here by the voice of um, Evelyn from Resident Evil 7, Biohazard, and Angie the Doll from Resident Evil Village. Hello, Paula. How's it going? Hello, it's good. So how how's your day been? What have you been up to today? Oh, it's been busy. <laughs> um, I have two little guys and summer has just started and a lot of buzz going around, some cool stuff we have in the works for for this group, for the, the games, as well as um, interviews and fan stuff and the regularly scheduled auditions. So definitely keeping busy, but uh, I love it. I wouldn't wouldn't trade it for anything. Well, I can imagine all the um, interviews you've had to do for the game and stuff. <laughs> there have been some. I'm excited to do this one. Hello. So um, how do you relate to Angie and even, or even Evelyn? How do I relate to them? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I find it best to, I mean, you have to bring so much of yourself to any character, especially a villain, um, only because nobody's actually a villain in their own story right? We all think we're the hero uh, regardless. So, and that that's true of all humans, I suppose. Yeah, sure. Angie's not exactly a human, but uh, I, what I did was find little pieces of them that, that felt like me and I just amplified those. So for instance, Evelyn's need for a family, that's not something that's far from my heart. I, I, I remember that feeling I have, that I've had that need. So that was easy to plug into. And then having Angie is just sort of pure id. She is, there's no filters. So it's the joy and the mischief and um, lack of guilt <laughs> that is just kind of fun to, to live in and to lean into when I'm being her. So different aspects of me come to play, but, uh, but yeah, I'm not, they're all somehow living inside me, I guess. Did you ever, like, research the backstory of Angie? Was it, or was you ever told what was going on? Oh, so that's, that's an interesting question. So typically for acting, if it's on camera and you're playing a character that has some sort of real situation or any sort of diagnosis or any, you know, anything, you can do so much amazing research and that can be just invaluable, right? But for for a game, for a completely fantastical game um there's not a real character or necessarily uh completely realistic situations that one can really lean into so in these situations you really trust the main storytellers the creators at capcom and the director and the producers and stuff to to guide you a bit so there wasn't really much research beyond what they gave me that i could do but they gave me a rich um peak into who she and Donna were. And so from that, I just kind of brought some choices to the table and came to play and tried to stay open in lack of 
ego myself so that, you know, if they're like, no, no, that's really far off. It doesn't bruise your ego so much that you shut down. You're just able to go, great, let's try something else. Uh, so it's, it's fun. It was, it was a collaborative effort to find her true voice and character, but, um, but yeah, mostly it was, it was trusting the team that had created her and reading all that they gave me. (laughs) Do you think it's good for the actors to know the backstory of a character? Does that help improve your performance? Oh, it, it very much can. Yeah. It's basically what works for me isn't going to work for every actor. We kind of all have to find what triggers or what um, approach to any given character works the best for you personally. Uh, so it's a weird craft in that way, but you always either take whatever you're given as much as you can, as far as backstory. Uh, and then you fill in the little gaps with your imagination as you can, making sure it doesn't step on, you know, what you know is is facts that you can't cross, what lines you can't cross. Um, so yeah, there's there's certainly little parts that you can add in um, imaginatively that that will always help bring something to life more with a little more depth. Oh, oh, uh, I hope- oh no, I gave too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's because like I I've, I haven't been sleeping too well, so like I, I had a quick nap before <laughs> before I come oh. on here. So it's like I, I better set these alarms because if I oversleep, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be really bad. <laughs> yeah, that's good time management. I feel you. <laughs> so um, before I was rudely interrupted by my own phone. <laughs> in in your own opinion, how can someone maintain their own mental health in the acting business? Ah, uh, it's an excellent question. And again, it will have to kind of be tailored to the individual. But my personal journey has found that my mental health is best when I, and I imagine it translates to others, at least to some extent. Um, when I decided finally to not have any sort of goal in mind, like an like a destination, a like, I have to be at this level by this age or else, you know, that sort of stuff really only sets you up for disappointment in a career in the arts where so much of your success is going to be reliant on luck and timing and other people's decisions. So I found that I'm happiest and healthiest when I find the joy in the journey. And I have to take a step back whenever I realize on the regular, I mean, literally this happens to every artist I know at least a couple times a year, usually just kind of regularly in and out uh, where we're, you know, at the bottom of our well, you know, you're either I'm the best or I'm the worst. What else could I do? This is killing me. Um, So when you're feeling super down about it, because I mean, this is a business of rejection, I find I have to step back and realize, is there something else I'd like to do? Would I be happy doing it as happy as I am doing this? And the answer to date has always been no, I need to be a storyteller. I'm where I'm supposed to be, even when it's hard. So when I find the joy in the journey and appreciate how far I have gotten, even if it's not where, you know, I thought I would be when I was 20 or whatever, um, that's all silly. It's, it's, it's not a career path where you can compare yourself to others because every single individual artist is going to have a completely different journey. That's kind of what makes it interesting and exciting, but also terrifying. So so being able to find just the joy in each little step (laughs) 
and and the humor in the pitfalls, I guess, has really helped me and changed my entire outlook. This is why I ask this question all the time to uh, voice actors, um, is because everyone's got like a unique way of maintaining their own mental health, which is which is obviously important. Like people might think, why is this question always being brought, brought up? Because it's everyone always gives a different answer. And I think it's such a key part of choosing a completely, you know, undefined path as an artist. We all have to keep reminding ourselves, you know, do what's best for yourself. Find the the thing that makes you happy. If you're doing this because you love it, then make sure you're still loving it if you're going to stay on the path. Yeah, and like as a, as a child, it's always drilled into that as soon as you finish uh, school, you got to go straight to a job, you got to have a good job, good pay, etc etc so that's that's one stress of life like oh i need to get a good job you're trying to explain to the um people who might not understand podcasting that well i I do podcasting that might be a good job i remember a decade or more of uh relatives and well-meaning friends being like so at what point do you give up or i guess you just don't want a family and all sorts of really lovely questions like that i really had to learn how to field those myself and how to answer them myself i guess and realize that i wasn't trying to get to some um imaginary point that i was jealous of someone else's career or somebody else's life i wasn't trying to get to that level i was trying to create my own and when I embraced the fact that I was writing my own story, uh, it became a lot, everything kind of clicked in place a lot better. And then when I started to have some success and have things uh, happen for me, like, you know, be able to pay all my bills or my mortgage or my insurance <laughs> with the arts, that's when those same people start being like, oh, I always knew you could do it. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> and you know what? It's... Um, it is a rather sweet thing to start hearing. So um, I'm just going to run this question now because it just randomly came into my head. So there's a lot of there's a lot of scams out there in regards to finding an agent to represent you in in finding jobs. Now, would you recommend go, going solo, or how 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 is it possible to recognise a scam in terms of like representation? As an actor. Sure. Now, I, I realize things might work uh, slightly different in some countries uh, versus the U.S., so my experience might be a little different, but I'm relatively sure it's sim- very, very close to similar, if not the same, in the U.K. So uh, one really big red flag is if any sort of representation is attempting to charge you up front. That is not a legit representation. That is a school or a scam. Uh, there's a lot of them out there. But you should never be paying anybody to represent you ahead of time. Like they're trying to pay you for marketing or headshots or something like, no, no, you don't, you don't pay for, you don't pay your agent to do that. You get your own headshots and you do have to pay for those. There is self-investment, but you choose who you go to and you hand it over directly to whoever, you know, you're hiring to do that stuff. You don't ever pay up front for an agent or a manager. They should only get a percentage of the jobs that they book you on. That's uh, probably the easiest way to tell scam from legit representation. Even at, you know, mid-level agenting all the way up uh, almost to, you know, when you're getting your celebrity sort of uh, level agents, you are always going to be your first agent. 
and you will almost always be your best agent. <laughs> so it doesn't really ever stop that you continue to have to hustle a little, um, look for your jobs, uh, vet your jobs. And having that skill and growing that skill in the beginning is only going to serve you well throughout the rest of your career. And luckily, I mean, there's never been an easier or better time to do it with the internet and technologies. Now you can, you can reach out to and find various gigs uh, all over now. And if you're doing voice-based work, you can do it from anywhere, which is pretty miraculous. Yeah. Um, I had my give up son on here uh, not long ago and she was saying that she had no um, agent either. And she obviously got resident evil through looking through on a site. So you never know. Yes, every now and then they will be looking for something that they just weren't able to fill via uh, the traditional routes and they'll put it out on casting sites that everybody rather, you know, has access to. And um, so sometimes you can look out that or, you know, luck out that way. You can also make your own stuff. I've had a lot of luck creating some of my, my favorite tape um, on my own. And that kind of got me into producing and directing and taking the reins a little bit more in my own story. And I think that's like where YouTube comes into play as well. Like you can upload your own skits on YouTube and things like what, why not? Yeah. I mean, you have everything you need in your fingers to start off at least. Right. And the, this is sort of a, uh, a craft where you have to learn by doing to some extent. So you take what you have to begin with and you start making mistakes because you learn from those, you make something and it doesn't have to be great. The first time you just have to make it and you learn from that. And then you start making better and better as you go along. So it's, uh, it's kind of a really inspiring time in history to be able to have that power as a storyteller. And I, I wish everybody listening well on that. I can't wait to hear your stories. So yeah, if you feel called to try, just do it. You you have nothing to lose. Exactly. Like when I first first started podcasting, I was like, oh, I better find either a talent agent or someone who's gonna a publicist who's gonna be able to help people on the show. And then I thought to myself, actually, no, get a subscription to IMDb Pro, which I did. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a list of agents on there. And that's like um, most of the route I've been through to get people on the show through IMDb Pro. Absolutely. Yeah, you can connect to anybody's representation on there. You can reach out to people. Um, I mean, there's a million ways at this point. And, you know, they may not always respond, but that's OK. There are others out there. So I think, I think, like I said, it, it's one of the best times ever to be a storyteller. And hey, look at you. You're doing it. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I, I love other people. It's, it's become like a proper passion of mine. Good. Yeah, that's, I, I would always say follow your passion. You do that and you're going to, although you will have your heart broken a million times, you'll have it, um, you know, swell with pride even more. <laughs> <laughs> So do you know any of your voice lines off the top of your head? Any voice lines of from Resident Evil, from a particular character? or? Uh, yeah, we, what, whatever, like, say Angie, for example. <laughs> there, there have been quite a few that have come up uh, lately because we've done a number of signings for our virtual con. <laughs> so I, I have the fans to thank for that, for reminding me of so many of them. So yes, <laughs> I have a virtual library of Angie living in my head right now. <laughs> uh, if anyone wants um, a signed print, uh, you can go to streamly.com forward slash Paula Rhodes, is it? 
Uh, shortly, yes. My, my shop is currently closed, but we were just in contact, I think, this morning with Streamly. It looks like there's going to be a really cool uh, fan event that they're going to announce this next week. So stay tuned. I will reopen the shop uh, in the coming weeks and have some really cool announcements and new prints and offerings. So excited for that. Hey, well, well when this episode's out in two weeks oh, yeah. time well, by all means check it out and when it is open i i tend to put it as a live link in the in my bios on social media oh and, and she obviously does uh live signings on instagram as well so if you want to if you like a good time then go ahead and watch <laughs> like i do like i've been watching everyone have you oh my gosh there's been yes. so many i can't believe maggie's on like 12 or something she's like six of 12 just so many signings wow. these were all through streamly so the sales come through streamly and then we uh sit down on our own time and figure out when we're able to and do the live signings for the orders that have been made there at, at which point then streamly will pick up all the the stuff we signed and get it out to fans so uh it's been a wonderful service and we had a just Oh my gosh, it was an amazing time to be able to get together with a kind of a COVID delayed uh, Resident Evil reunion for Village here at my house a little while ago. And that was just epic. <laughs> yeah, I stayed up all night and watched that. It was, Did uh, you? Oh my goodness. Yes, yes, I was there. I was there in the audience. Like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had a blast. So yeah, there, there will be something else fun coming up. I believe they're plotting it for July. So stay tuned and. Uh, Oh golly, yeah, we got to revamp and reorder. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I religiously follow all the all the cast behind the scenes, so like it's it's not like um like this one time like an interview and that's it. Like I'm not. <laughs> I, I spoke to Katie not long ago, and me and Katie followed me back on Twitter the other day. And Sarah, me and Sarah Coates have been talking on Twitter as well. Oh, like, she's a delight. I tell you what, this entire cast has, is just really remarkable for the energy and the kindness and the, I don't need, just the vibes they put off. It's all, it's all a really fantastic group of humans that I'm just honored to be a part of. Definitely, definitely. Everyone's, oh, everyone's so good. <laughs> is there a question that you'd like to be asked that no one has asked yet? Oh, wow. Hmm. Uh, there's definitely some that I probably would have skipped in my life. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's any that, that I haven't been asked, you know, if I'm being honest, probably not because I am a bit of a chatterbox and I will tend to segue into whatever comes to mind <laughs> if, if it isn't asked. So, oh golly, welcome to my Ted talk. I shall share my secrets. <laughs> but no, that's a great question. If it comes to me, I will just blurt it out. I'm really... That's fine. No problem at all. So if Angie could be a part of any other game universe, what would it be and why? Oh, if Angie could be? Oh, golly. What would she like to do? I feel like she'd want to do some sort of, um, she'd want to get out in the world because she's been a little bit um, cloistered. Let's see. Hmm. She'd probably like, uh, she. She's not a solo player. She likes teams and, uh, you know, she's rather loyal. So, you know, I think she'd have fun in World of Warcraft. She wants some, like, seriously strong weapons and she just wants to, like, run in. But she might be the Leroy Jenkins of the crew where you're just like, let's go! And you're like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> dang it. Um, but, yeah, I think she'd have a lot of fun with that, playing with some elves and some 
some robes and whatnot. <laughs> I definitely think she should definitely try to go on World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> I love World of Warcraft. I play that on my stream most of the time. Oh, awesome. So now, now you mention it like World of Warcraft. Ah, exciting. But she totally would be Leroy, wouldn't she? She just They'd be like, okay, here's the plan. We're all going to go in together. You're going to take it. I'm just like, ah! <laughs> Yeah. It's fun. That, that'd be fun. <laughs> I didn't think she was the best teammate. She just likes to be part of a team. Uh, if you could go back in time, where would you go and why? Oh, I love history. Oh, gosh. Okay, I'll put this with a caveat, only because I am keenly aware of how darn lucky I am to live now and where I live, um, being a, a woman as well as <laughs> go science and health. Um, so I, w- I would say that I wouldn't want to go back and live in any other particular time period or place, but gosh, I'd love to go visit. But I think for specifically different items, let's see, I'd like to go get, uh, I'd like to go shopping in the 1950s America. I think that would be really fun as well as maybe jaunt over to Paris around then um, and like sit around coffee shops Um no, no, Paris, I'd want to go maybe the 20s, 30s and here to see some artists and whatnot, really hobnobbing. Um, and then maybe like a medieval feast, but then it would probably smell really bad human-wise because they didn't bathe much, so I'd probably leave pretty quickly. And then maybe get drunk in Rome. That'd be fun. Um, oh, golly. Yeah, these are all just little jaunts and visits. I am a brief tri- time traveler. <laughs> at which point I would come back to modern medicine and air conditioning and deodorant and be... Uh, quite happy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it would be good if you could go back in time and no one knows who you are and whatever you are doesn't exist to them so they don't judge Although, you or anything like that. As a woman, they're going to just think I'm a witch. And there are certain times in which that might be very dangerous. Um, I'd love to exploit it sometimes, but I, yeah, I'd have to have some sort of like um, protective spell or armor on me and that to, to not be attacked as a witch and burned oh god <laughs> yeah um like I, I would i'd either like to see the egyptians what's what what's that what that's oh, all yeah. about um titanic yeah and titanic and see if titanic actually sunk by an iceberg or whatever everyone's saying oh i mean yeah, that's pretty much been proven. <laughs> but I mean, I don't mind going back. There are certainly some items, you know, you want to grass and all it and uh, put together some different uh, conspiracy theories and be like, oh, 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 oh. But uh, in general, I find they don't play out nearly as excitingly as people wish they would. <laughs> so where can people find you if like, they want to follow you by or beyond, beyond this podcast episode so I can't speak? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, please find me. I'm uh, at... Paula underscore Rhodes, R-H-O-D-E-S, on Twitter and Instagram. And I tend to to jabber on there as well as post anytime we're opening the stream streamly shops or have cool fan happenings. And gosh, do I look forward to conventions opening again? That'll be exciting to go traveling at one point. Um, so yeah, I, I tend to share all my exciting news as I can <laughs> on there. Oh, I said to Casey when I interviewed Kate, I was like, so you're ever going to start a Twitch channel and we're going to ask you the same thing. Oh, no, I, I became very aware uh, in my early 20s of how very addictive I, uh, games could be for me. I think I lost just like three days straight to Baldur's Gate once. 
and was like, wow, this might be a problem. Like, I just want to live and be an elf. So I need to recognize this myself and step back away. So since then, I have not owned a game system. Um, although I love to be in games, I've been in quite a few of them. So I kind of satiate my, my worlds, uh, that way in being a part of them. And I love sitting in on people's Twitch streams on occasion as a, as a guest. Um, so that is pretty fun to live vicariously with a, like a heart out. So I know I'm not just going to completely abandon my children or something to, uh, to become a warrior elf. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's definitely me when I'm playing multiple craft. Uh, it's, it's, it's been four days and I haven't seen sunlight Oh my golly, yeah I knew very well that that would be a pitfall of mine And I had to have a hard uh, look in the mirror And be like, look, you want to be a storyteller You need to get out there and tell those stories Not just get lost in them So I had to make a hard, fast rule for myself So so no, no plans to do a Twitch at this point in history But mostly for my own mental health and my family's well-being Circle back around, see what I did there <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so um, what would Auntie's favorite pizza toppings be? Ooh, I feel like she might be kind of mischievous. Um, my personal favorite is pineapple. I am pro pineapple on pizza. I like the mixing of uh, flavors or genres, like a little sweet and savory mix, just like I like my horror with a little comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think she would probably appreciate pineapple, but I think she might be kind of a jerk sometimes and just like... Um, hide flavors like like douse a pizza and red chili flakes and just like not say anything to donna i'm like what's delicious um yeah i don't know i feel like she definitely definitely is a prankster but she appreciates the uh the sweet savory mix as well yeah so your favorite pizza topping would be as yourself would be uh hawaiian I, I like the pineapple, yeah. I don't always get it with meat. Sometimes I'll just go with mushrooms or something. But yeah, uh, yeah. I go through various stages of, of meat or not meat. But uh, yeah, I love me some some sweet on a pizza. It's, it's like that. It's like that ratatouille moment when you eat a pizza with pineapple on it, and like <laughs> yeah. you know, and he's eating the two flavors together. It, I don't understand why some people don't like being pineapple on pizza, which is understandable. We can be like that but like I, I have you know strong opinions about onions I'm not a fan of those so maybe they can have my onions and I will have their pineapple fine <laughs> yeah it is a good exchange there <laughs> yeah. so if you could voice another character in another franchise what would it be and why oh well I am an actor so in general we are uh constantly hungry for roles there aren't many that I would say absolutely not to <laughs> Um, so all of them, but also let's see, what would Apollo fandom really like? I would, oh gosh, if I could do something in the Star Wars universe, that would be a fun bucket list item. Um, and I'm not picky there. Like I will be a, a small creature, a Sith, a Jedi, bring it on anything. Um, that would be fun just to live in the, my childhood, um, world of wonderment. Um, but again, I do love me some elves. So anytime I get to have pointy ears uh, and bring voice to that, I am happy. I <laughs> see. <laughs> jump on, jump on the World of Warcraft one baggin. Yes. Oh gosh, please. Yes, one day. <laughs> did, I, did I use the right word then? Yeah, yeah that works. Uh, uh, it's a, well, it's like a caravan or something. I don't know. It's pretty big at this point, right? It's like yeah, a it, yeah. It is bandwagon. That's the right <laughs> word. I think I said something else. What's what's your favorite Star Wars thing film? Just out of curiosity. Favorite film? In the yes. Star Wars 
Yeah. Oh gosh. I mean, it's hard to beat new hope, right? Like you just, it's, I, I love that. But if I'm being honest as a kid, <laughs> and this is not a popular opinion, I loved me some Ewok adventure. I freaking loved those darn Ewoks. And, uh, and the little girl in that, when I watched it, she was, um, in my head, like a teenager, she is not, she was like four or five. I don't know why as a fellow four or five year old or however old I was when I saw it, I thought she was so much older than me, but, um, she was super cool. I thought, uh, I just recently rewatched it with my kids on Netflix and I gotta say, doesn't really hold up that well. Still cute, but, um, <laughs> yeah, a grown up policy sees the boss, <laughs> but there's still some nostalgic love there. And I found out they did a sequel. That one blew me away a little. Wolf of Brimley's in it. That was a hoot. Um, so yeah, you know, uh, I love these. I love having fandoms where the universe is so wide that you can continually be surprised. One last time, where can people find you? Because we did talk about that a, a while ago, but now it's we're at the end of the episode. Well, please do find me on on all of the social medias. I'm Paula at Paula underscore Rhodes. So it's just my name with an underscore between it. I'm very creative, but um, old enough to have gotten them all of the uh, handles with my name in it. <laughs> so you can find me there. Uh, and I have a website, which is officialpolaroads.com. Um, you can, if you're interested in following me, um, I'm just, I am really smart um, on everything. Um, I'll do stream over on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash smart. I was playing Resident Evil Village. Um, and I'll hopefully be picking that up again soon. Um, so I literally just got to meeting Lady D. Ooh, all right, all right. Fun awaits. Yes, fun does await. <laughs> so you can catch Paula Rhodes as Angie the Doll in Resident Evil Village, now available to be played on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, and Series S, Google Stadia, and Microsoft Windows. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much, Paula. Awesome. Thank you, Reese. This is a joy. Hello, I'm Danielle McCray. I'm Taylor Gray. I'm Laura Post. Jelly Sore. I'm Patty Madsen. What's it like to voice Ajara? Do you have a connection to the character? Yes. Ajara is. Ajara was actually one of the very first, like, super big important roles I booked. What inspired you to become a voice actress? Uh, so what's inspired me were there were two different things so one it was cartoons inspired me to want to get into voice acting. What inspired you to start a tarot collection? Well I started studying tarot about 20 years ago and I started playing WoW a little over 11 years ago and you know, the whole 20 years that I've been looking at tarot, I've always thought to myself that I would just really love to make a deck. What's it like to be a part of the Star Wars community? I mean, I don't know if there's any better community to be involved with. I know everyone who was a part of the show and worked on the show um, was so fortunate and grateful to be a part of it um, because it's an amazing family that you get brought into and you you realize that you go to things like celebration was only a few weeks ago how do you feel about sylvanas's progression in the next expansion well you know um i always try to uh not be connected to judging her regardless because our our job is to deliver a performance for the character 
that uh, is not in judgment of, of what she's doing or what they're writing because it's to stay true to delivering 